many of you uh, know, but some may not, that Pastor Brian is not here today. Uh, his cousin uh, had committed suicide last week, and they had her funeral yesterday. And so uh, he wanted to be down there with family and had asked if I would cover for him, and so I was glad to do that. Um, and that's one uh, more of many examples recently, it seems, of uh, so much pain and, and uh, hopelessness that people feel. And uh, I'm sure that, like me, many of you have uh, been uh, overwhelmed to some degree with uh, all of the things that have been going on lately. Uh, these senseless uh, killings and uh, people just uh, doing so many hateful things out there. And it's hard for us to get our heads around some of those things. Uh, there's many illnesses and struggles that people uh, are suffering with all around us. And uh, people that we love and care for who have experienced things that are beyond our Im imaginations. But I think we were all stunned uh, as we uh, think about the mass killings uh, about a week ago and 31 people were uh, killed on one weekend just in two locations. Uh, first in El Paso, and then uh, the other uh, one was in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, that same weekend, you know, sometimes we, we concentrate on those, but that same weekend... Uh, there were multiple murders all over the United States in places. There were people uh, who were, uh, multiple people who were, were killed. And the suicide rate uh, around uh, the world and around this country and this community has risen drastically in recent months. And a lot of it is this helplessness, this, this, this despair, this feeling that there is no hope that comes upon so many people. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to get your head around, to, to try to figure out how do I deal with those things? Uh, how do I handle this? Um, as Christians, sometimes, you know, we we try to come up with answers, and sometimes those answers are simplistic. Sometimes those answers are, you know, you know, well, it, it, everything will be okay. And the reality is, for some of those people, it won't be okay. They have come to an end, and all of this sometimes will create uh, immense fear and and trembling in people. And so this is just a, a, a photo of uh, what happened in New York City: a motorcycle backfired. And people panicked. They heard it, thought it was a gunshot, and they started running all over the place. And, and, and when, we're, when we've been exposed to fearful things, horrible things, all of a sudden our minds go to a place of lack of hope. And, and we wonder, how can we handle this? How can we deal with this? And that's what was happening here. And, the, and, and, and many, many people were injured because they heard this sound and because of all of the things that had been on, in the news their fear level just was accentuated so high that they didn't know how to handle it. And, and so they panicked and they, they ended up uh, running all over one another and great chaos ensued. And then we have people that we care about who 
you know, are, are going through some horrible things. This is baby Lucy. And uh, you've heard us praying, some of you have heard us praying for, for baby Lucy, but she's had these ups and downs, but mostly a lot of downs, and the family has been struggling through that. that you know, I, I, every day I read the, the updates, and, and you know, one day it's, uh, she's doing really well, and then the next day it's, uh, she had to be intubated again. And this morning I was, I was rejoicing because uh, they've taken the tubes out and she's doing much better. But... The family appreciates the prayers, but, but you can imagine the pain and the hurt as they look at their baby girl who's laying there with all of those things in her just to keep her going. She was, when, shortly after she was born, a couple of weeks or so, they discovered that her heart and her lungs were not functioning correctly. And, and so fortunately they were able to, to get her into... Uh, uh, hospital uh, at DeBras Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids, and they've been doing a great job of ministering and helping her uh, as she struggled through these health things. But as a family, can you imagine how difficult it would be for them to deal with this, to struggle through as they watch this beautiful little baby having to struggle to breathe, to, to, to just exist? And... Uh, it's difficult times. It's hard for us as people to get our heads around that. As Christians, when we, when we interact with people, it's easy for us to almost dismiss those things and to lose sight and to uh, maybe get discouraged and depressed ourselves. And that's when we need to turn to and rely upon the Word of God that gives us a hope and a promise. And that's what we're going to be talking about today that in spite of the fact that there's really no reason, earthly reason, to have hope, we do have an eternal hope. And that hope comes only because of the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Would you join me as we have a word of prayer? Lord God, I thank you for this morning and for the beautiful music that we've been able to sing, for the, the testimony of the Nelson family of how your word is effective throughout the world. Sometimes there's language barriers and other things that are, that are hindering it, yet, Lord, you are faithful in bringing people to a saving knowledge of you, and we thank you for their ministry. And Lord, as we think about these families who are just struggling and in so much pain because of chaos that's been created around them, Lord, we just pray that your supernatural peace would fill them and, and give them a hope and a promise. Lord, uh, we thank you for the Deschain family and pray for baby Lucy as she continues to struggle uh, there in the hospital in Grand Rapids. Uh, you are a God who is beyond and, and ahead of all of these things, and we trust you through them all. But yet, Lord, we have to confess that there are times when we struggle and we wonder what is going on around us. And so those are, those are the times, Lord, when I'm so grateful for your word that gives me that hope and that promise and that encouragement that can only be found in your word. So thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for uh, this opportunity to be in your house together with your people. Lord, I pray for Pastor Brian and Ellen as they will be traveling home. Uh, we're grateful that he had an opportunity to go down and be with his family and to be able to be an encouragement to them. So just uh, thank you for the blessing he is, and thank you for that opportunity that they had. Uh, thank you now for your word, Lord, and pray that you would lead and guide in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, you know, one of the things that um, uh, I, I've heard uh, people often say is, you know, uh, when you're making decisions, when you're dealing with things, when you're struggling or, or whatever it might be, you know, the, the comment that often comes up is, uh, trust your heart. Just trust your heart. Just your, your heart will lead you in the right direction. It, it, you can trust your heart. And then I just read the other day from Jeremiah 17.9. It says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick or, or wicked. Who can understand it? You see, if we, if we only trust in our hearts, if we only believe what we want to believe, if we only think that we have or, or can find the answers within ourselves, we're deceiving ourselves because in the reality our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts will lead us in the wrong direction. These, these uh, young men who created all this havoc in those places, they were probably following their heart. Their heart was telling them, hey, people deserve to die. People have, people have done some things to me, and so I'm going to pay everybody back because I'm going to do these evil things. That's following your heart. Your heart, my heart, is deceitful. It's telling us lies. It's leading us in the wrong direction. It's giving us a false sense of hope and promise. We have to be careful when we tell people, just follow your heart because it's desperately sick or uh, beyond cure. Can you imagine that? Can you think about that? that? That your heart is so deceitful, so evil, so wrong, so desperately sick that it's beyond any kind of cure. And people say, well, follow your heart. And when you do that, you're going to be going down the wrong path. We have to guard against that. We, we have to make sure that we're following a better path, a different direction. It's not our heart. It's not with what's inside of us. I looked up the word hope in my Lagos uh, uh, Bible program that I have on my computer, and I was overwhelmed. As I, as I looked up the verses that are in there, and I started writing some of them down on a piece of paper, and, and, and I had to grab it, turn it over, and multiple, multiple verses in the Bible tell us to have hope. But that hope is not in ourselves. That hope is not for me to have hope in you. That hope is found in only one place, and that's Jesus Christ. God who loves us and sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into this world. That is my only hope. As the Nelsons go to the Czech Republic, they're bringing a hope, they're bringing a promise. It's not them. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God that they're bringing there. It's God's Word. That is our only hope for a future. And that hope is a hope that is solid. It's a firm foundation that we can rely on because it is true and it's a finished work. And we have that hope. Well, as I was thinking about that, as I was thinking about these verses, as I was thinking about hope, I came to Romans 8, 18-28. And if you want to follow along with me, I'd love to have you do that. Um, I'm reading from the ESV. But it's uh, Romans 8, 18-28. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. 
For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation, sub, what, creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. As I read this section of Scripture, I was reminded that our time here on earth is really very short, isn't it? Uh, I've been with a number of people recently, and, and as I'm together sometimes, you know, we, especially uh, those of us with gray hair, sometimes we start talking about our ages, and we start talking about things that, you know, have long passed, and things that have gone on, and, and, and we recognize that our time here on this earth is, is so short, and, and for many of us, it's, it's not that much longer. Uh, none of us know how much longer we're going to be here, but, but the older you get, the, the more you realize that your life here is very short. Um, and, and that can be discouraging or it can be encouraging, depending, depending upon your relationship with God. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't fear death, but you look forward to that time when you will be in that glorious and amazing place. I was having a conversation uh, just yesterday with somebody about that, that we, we just can't, or Friday I guess it was, we can't imagine how uh, beautiful and amazing heaven really is. And when we go there, you know, we're going to be overwhelmed by the beauty and the presence of God the Father. But one of the things, if you look at verse 18 here, uh, it, it's an important uh, uh, point to consider. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. As we, as we begin to concentrate or think about all of the bad things around us, as we consider the good things around us, as we consider the beautiful things around us, in comparison, what the Word here is telling us, in comparison, it's not even worth thinking about. Because heaven is so much more than that. Our our presence with God in heaven is so much bigger, so much greater than all of that. And so we have to be mindful of the fact that our present time, where we are, who we are, is not even worth comparing. That's what the Scripture says. It's not even worth comparing. So, I, you know, some, some of you know me, and, 
and know if you're on Facebook with me, you know I, I've got a, a, an infatuation, infatuation with sunrises and sunsets. I just love, because I think it just declares the beauty of God and His creation. And, and uh, when I consider that, when I think about how beautiful I see something here on earth is, and I, and I examine that, and then I read this scripture and it says, don't even consider it <laughs> in comparison. So, so think of the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen. And then consider what this scripture is saying. Don't even compare it because it's going to fall short. Because heaven, creation in heaven, God the creator is far greater, far more beautiful. Everything there is beyond our ability to see and understand here in this world. That's what I get out of that verse. And it's like, wow. But look at the beauty. I mean, look at the beauty of that picture. It, it's, it's overwhelming. And yet it says it's not even worth comparing. So that includes your negative, your, your problems, your, your issues, your struggles. As we're going through something, we can consider that I have a hope and a promise because of the finished work of Jesus Christ upon that cross. Because I've trusted Him as my Lord and Savior. I have a hope and a promise of something beyond that that is going to be so beautiful and so overwhelming and so amazing that whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm struggling with, whatever I see is not even worth comparing. And that gives me such hope and such promise and, and, and it helps me when I'm struggling with something, when I'm, when I'm dealing with something, that it helps me to be able to look beyond and to recognize that God is way ahead of us and has things much more under control. And then, as I looked at verses 19 through 23, and I recognize that our value and our glory are completely dependent upon the finished work of Jesus Christ upon that cross. It's dependent upon that. Most of us, if we're honest, we do not like to be dependent upon anything. Right? I mean, does anybody go around like, oh, I want to be dependent upon this or upon that? None of us wanted to be dependent. But our, our, our hope, our hope, is completely and totally and entirely dependent upon Jesus Christ and His finished work upon that cross. Are you catching a theme in these verses? It's really not about what I do, who I am. It's more about who I believe in and who I trust. Jesus Christ has made for me a path and a way that is far beyond anything that I can imagine. Any hope that I would have is completely dependent upon His finished work upon that cross. And it's, a good, it's, a, it's an amazing and a wonderful thing when we, we reach that point and we recognize that when here in this present age. I like what uh, Holman's commentary says about this. He said, when we realize that we are aliens and strangers in the world, many things change. Our present sufferings will be viewed against the backdrop of future, 
backdrop, I'm sorry, of future glory that relegates today's difficulties to insignificance by comparison. Did you catch that? Whatever horrible, difficult thing you see or experience or happens to you or something that you're, you're exposed to, in the big scheme of the universe, in the big scheme of uh, uh, our eternity, it's pretty insignificant, pretty small. Not even worthy of our time and attention to give it a lot of thought. That's what Holman's commentary is saying, and I, and I agree with that based on what I read here in the Scriptures. That what we have ahead of us is so much greater that, that no matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening in our world, we have that blessed hope. And we have to hold on to that. And the only way we can hold on to that is to be in God's Word on a regular basis, to, 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 to learn from His Word these hopes and promises. As I said, when I looked up hope, and I, get, I, I was literally overwhelmed as I'm reading and looking at these verses. And you can do the same thing. When you, when you get discouraged, go into His Word and just look up something like hope. And you'll see over and over again the promises that we have. That what we're going through in comparison with eternity is not even worth thinking about or comparing. Now, I'm not minimizing when I say these things. So you might be saying, well, Pastor Hank, you, you, you have no idea how difficult my life is right now. You have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea the pain. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. And I confess that and I agree that, with that. But I can tell you that your only hope on the other side of that, whatever it might be, your only hope is found in the finished work of Jesus Christ. There are things in this world we cannot fix. There are things in this world that, that no matter what I do, I cannot improve. But maybe God will give me the courage and the strength and the ability to walk through it today. Because I have that hope and promise of the future spent with Him in eternity in heaven. I'm not minimizing, I'm not simplifying, I'm not saying that we aren't going through some difficult things. But we have an amazing God who is way ahead of us and knows all things. The other thing that we have that's an amazing thing for us that though we're shocked by the hate and the actions in the world uh, I'm not, I guess I got behind I'm sorry that wasn't should have been up before but when we realize that we're aliens and strangers in the world we're able to compare our present glory or problems that we have God doesn't leave us alone. That's the promise, the hope that I want to share with you today. God does not leave us alone. When we're struggling, 
when we're having difficulties, God, if we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes in and resides within us. And the Holy Spirit then starts to reveal to us this hope and promise through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us that ability to look at His Word and to understand it and to apply it and to recognize that that God loves us and cares for us. And when we're going through terrible times, when we are at our weakest point, when we are struggling the most, I don't know about you, but, but I think we've all had those times when you're going through something and it's like, I don't even know what to pray here. I don't even know what to think right now. I, I, I'm lost. I am struggling. I cannot handle this. God has given us His Holy Spirit. And His Holy Spirit, when I don't know what to pray, when I don't know what to think, when I don't know where I'm going, when I don't know what's happening, God, Holy Spirit, intercedes for us. Do you follow what that says? Do you follow what that means? Like, when I feel hopeless and I'm, and I'm saying, God, I don't know what to say. He's saying, I, I've given you my Holy Spirit. Call out to Him. Call out to me. Call out to the Son. I am listening. The Holy Spirit will bring to me what's on your heart, what your needs are, what's going on with you. My Holy Spirit will intercede for you. My Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is speaking to the Father. And He's saying, this is what this person is struggling with. They don't know what to say to you, God. God is saying, yeah, but my Holy Spirit understands your heart. Because the Holy Spirit resides in us. And He knows what's happening. And that Holy Spirit, our, our, our heavenly God living within us as believers is interceding. He's, he's speaking to the Father on our behalf. And, and when we don't know what else to say, sometimes it's just say, God, I don't know what to say. And that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit will take that message to the Father. And He will help you through it. He understands. And He is speaking on our behalf. I don't know if you feel the same way I do when I read something like that. I, I'm encouraged by that because there are times all of us struggle with what do I do now. And regardless of our circumstances, according to what the Scripture is telling us, God provides a means of dealing with these issues. These issues are before us. God knows them. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us and will help us with that. I put the picture of baby Lucy back up there again because, as you can see, if you were her parents, wouldn't you find it to be very difficult, very, very much a struggle to go through that? God has the best solution for all of this. In Romans 5, verses 1 to 8, we read this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Justified by faith, that faith we don't even have enough ability to raise it up. God gives us the faith, the ability to have the faith to have this. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, the grace of God, in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. How many people love to rejoice in your sufferings? Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would be one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You've all heard those verses before. But in light of the horrible things going on around us, when we come to verses like this, we recognize that in, the, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a hope that doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. It might not even make sense to us sometimes as we're going through something. But that hope is built upon a finished work upon the cross. So regardless of our circumstances, God has provided a means of dealing I shared the story of baby Lucy earlier. After several surgeries and advances and setbacks and advances and setbacks, one day Lucy's mother wrote that people using Scripture kept telling her that God won't give her more than she can handle. I dare say that every single one of you have heard that phrase from somebody at some point. God won't give you more than you can handle. It's scriptural. It's biblical. I love what she wrote. And I think it summarizes for most of us when it comes down to things that are overwhelming to us, things that we can't handle, things that we, we just don't understand, we, we can't really deal with. It's good for us at those times. Here's what she said. Somebody had said to her, a lot of people had said to her, God won't give you more than you can handle. Her response was, are you kidding me? Right? Look at that baby. Are you kidding me? She says, I can't handle this. But God won't give me more than He can handle. Is there power in that? I, as I look at that little baby and as I look at that, those parents, and I can imagine how difficult that suffering must be as I, as I watch this, as I read it every day, and, and, I, and I see what's going on, I, I, I put myself in that place and I say, I, could, I don't know that I could handle this. And I love what she says. She can't handle it, I can't handle it, you can't handle it, but our God can handle handle it and he can help you through it whatever it might be when all lost or i mean when all hope is lost and you have no no reason to hope no reason to even think that there's a possibility of something 
getting better. God can handle it. Your God, who is your Savior, if you've trusted Him as Savior, your God can handle it. Give it to Him. And sometimes when we don't know how to give it to Him, that's where that Scripture comes in. The Holy Spirit will intercede for you and He will bring it to God the Father. He'll say, this is what's on her heart, on His heart. This is what it is. It's a matter of releasing and trusting and giving it to Him. Not easy. Please understand, I'm not saying, hey, this is just a simple thing to go through. It is not. It's difficult. It's difficult to release sometimes. To give it to God and say, God, I I will trust you through this no matter what. But that's what the call is here. That's what the Scripture is teaching us. Over and over and over again in Scripture. The hope, the hope that we have. I told you I was overwhelmed with all of the Scripture. That overwhelming Scripture, the amount of Scripture, you know what every single one of those does? Every single verse that I read that has to do with hope. My hope is in God. My hope is not in me. My hope is not in you. My hope is in God and God alone. He's my hope no matter what is going on. When I'm overwhelmed, when you're overwhelmed, when you don't know what else to do, Turn to God. He is a God who hears, a God who cares. When times are dark and I feel weak and incapable, when I know that I can't handle this, I can trust in Christ who is in me. Praise the Lord that we don't have to do it all in our own ability and strength. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the encouragement and the blessing. I'm so grateful, Lord, that that we don't have to endure things, difficult things on our own, but we can give it to you. You are an amazing and an awesome God. While we least deserved it, God, you still loved us. You loved us so much that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ. God the Son, Jesus, I'm so grateful that you came and you died upon that cross for me and for all of those who would believe. Because of that finished work, I have a hope, and we all have a hope and a promise of an eternity spent in an amazing, awesome place with you. And Holy Spirit, God, Holy Spirit, I'm so grateful that you're in my heart and reminding me and teaching me these things that I don't have to do them on my own. I'm not dependent upon my own strength and ability. If I was, I would fail every time. So, Father, thank You. Thank You for Your love and Your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.